Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, you've wandered on to the VUC, a weekly conference produced by IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSip.com. You can get a URL that people can click to call you at OnSip.com slash GetOnSip. Speaking of SIP, we use the best PSTN and SIP conference bridge in the world, ZipDX.com. Our website at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. And thanks to Voxbone for our world local rate dial-ins. This is Random Noise this week, and uh, I'm all excited. You know why? Yes, I'm jumping up and down near the Eiffel Tower because yes. in just a few weeks, we've got Camellia World, Berlin, Germany, May 8th through 10th. And uh, I'm not going to go through everybody's name again, but most of us will be there, and it's going to be great. It's great fun. And there are a thousand reasons why you sh- those of you who are listening to this, if you got this far... Uh, would want to come to it. Um, one of the big reasons is if you're anywhere in Europe, it's just so much easier to get to than all of the major biggies in the States, but it's something to think about, okay? Now, without further ado, I'm going to switch over to James Bodie, who's going to give us a report now on, I don't know on, what. On what? I don't know what. Anything. I was just about to work out what I was going to say, so go to Tim. Tim has had his hair cut. Yes, let's talk about Tim's hair. Then we'll talk about Kathleen's hair. After. What's happened to Tim's hair? Oh my um, giddy eye. I had my hair cut. Right. So there's a. Um, I can't believe we're talking about this, but anyway. Yeah, you look um, like an Eastern European refugee. Well, I, um, yeah, I was in Berlin, so I suppose I might count. Um, and in fact, that's like maybe that's the, the, the theme of the week. What does Brexit do to Eastern Europe or something? I don't know. Anyway, you know, I was in Berlin. Berlin's. It was lovely, uh, beautiful weather, lots of uh, exciting people, lots of interesting things going on. So it was a... t- Tell me, Tim, what were you doing there? Were you looking at apartments? Well, I had a very crazily busy week in which um, I had a morning looking at apartments, but that was only part of it. I did uh, two interesting little integration projects for Pipe, which I can't talk about, and... Um, Oh, various oh. events and and no, a lot of fun actually a lot of, lot of interesting stuff going on um and berlin is is being berlin in in a in a um good way good food um nice people interesting stuff going on um not too many uh um not too many people took the piss out of me about um, article 50 and leaving the eu although the um the real estate agent was uh, was very relieved um when i said i didn't want finance from a german bank because he said they wouldn't give you a anyway um but actually seriously that's an interesting change that, that basically they won't german banks because of the uncertainty over brexit won't give you won't give english citizens a mortgage because they don't know what l- legal position they'll be in in the future that's boring well it's kind of interesting i thought um but maybe our positions are slightly different james maybe what what interests you about buying property in germany isn't quite the same as me but anyway so how much does a half decent apartment in in the former east berlin cost these days Le- less than one in anywhere in london by a long well, time i would I imagine so but not basically because there's more of it, I suppose. More, more, more housing stock. Uh, yeah, there's more housing stock, um, and and it's not full yet. I mean, the thing about Berlin is that it basically it spent you know the first well the second half of last century emptying, um, and everyone basically left it slowly and. Yeah. Um, well, in the days when I, I was there, they used to allow, allow people who were conscripted to dodge conscript conscription, but their alternative was to go and live in Berlin. Right, right. So this uh, is why you got this really cosmopolitan, uh, hippie-type um, population in Berlin. Well, and it's still true that you can afford to, particularly for uh, um, commercial property, there's still reasonably central. There's random bits of commercial property which you can turn into a, a, a an art studio or a bar 
bar or, or a commune or whatever without actually costing you anything like what it would cost you anything kind of um, okay. within 50 well, miles. Well, here's a leading question. Will you have an apartment? No. Not by Camellia World? No. Why not? No, the pro- well, because, because the process is... I, don't, I can't believe it. Anyway, we'll... Yes. Uh, so the process actually takes a little bit longer than that, basically. Oh. The German law means that there has to be a... Even if I really put my foot down, I couldn't get through the process uh, in between now and Camellia World. And I'm not in a hurry, so... Um, Okay. Are you likely to be back in Berlin in the middle of April? You mean a couple of weeks' time? Yeah. Well, how about April the 21st? I don't know. You're you're going to say why. I am. Why? Because there is a a really interesting conference going down. Um, It's the first ever OsmoCon. OsmoCon. It's taking place uh, in central Berlin uh, for one day only. And for those of you who don't know, OsmoCom is uh, a suite of software um, which does open source cellular infrastructure projects such as Osmo BTS, Osmo BSC, Osmo SGSN, GGSN, and others. And uh, it's what is being used in the Facebook um, sponsored TIP, Telecoms Infrastructure Project. So OsmoCom is running the back end for the local kind of localized EPCs in there. So yeah. all, all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're going places and they're running their first osmo con and i really want to go to it so i was kind of looking for for a, a, a couch to surf on but if you i'm afraid i can't and certainly not in that time scale um yeah. it, it, it's it, that's not gonna i mean so the the law is there's a 14 day cooling off period at minimum so like even if i everything else happened tomorrow it would still be 14 days which would just about be in time but it's not gonna happen so, so anyway, so it could be an Airbnb. Yeah, I think James, you're going to need an Airbnb. So um, Osmocom are, are interesting, and I, thanks for the heads up on that. I might try and get over there for that. I have a couple of things. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop a, a link into the uh, into the IRC. But, but I, I, and it's interesting that they that Facebook have picked them as the um, as the, the the front end, middle end, whatever it is. It's a slight, it's slightly disappointingly unradical in the sense that they 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 basically um they follow i don't want to say slavishly but i probably think I well should. they're german aren't they but, but no, would they follow the the three gpp specs like so that there was always i mean always used to be this this um dichotomy between the way that the uh open bts guys worked which was basically to to do the absolute minimum of uh 3gpp standardization to get the bits out of the air and then from then on you do ietf stuff from there on up uh, and and you get rid of the 3gpp layers as soon as possible you know, um, get free of them as soon as yeah possible. and you end up with the James let me finish so the, the, and the contrast is that Cosmo 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 out, Come on. actually Come on. implement the whole 3GPP stack admittedly cutting some corners where it makes sense but but basically the whole stack and that, I think that's an interesting contrast um, and I've always obviously been rather in favour of the former category but um, it looks like Osmocom have won this this round anyway so James go on now, now feel yeah. free we 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 had the benefit of being working uh, with the, with the Osmocom guys, Harold and who were the others? The others anyway. Um, on the Ubuntu stand at Mobile World Congress, right? And uh, I never really got up close and personal with Osmocom before, but I was hugely impressed. And there are others who've been using it um, with their hardware, like dear old um, Alexander from. Fairways, remember Fairways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the motorbike engine disguised as, yeah. a, as a the people who were told to switch off their uh, BTS because it was yeah, at Clucon. Yeah. Well, well, all all people who've brought their own GSM infrastructure, please turn off yourselves now. You're interfering with the PA system. You remember that? <laughs> I do. Actually, I wasn't there. I just heard about it. But yes, yeah. exactly. Um, it was so, very yeah. funny. It, it's well, nowhere else in the world. And it was that. the Russians who were doing the interfering because and they did yeah, have this thing. Yeah, BTS thing wasn't even powered up. They did have this thing with which which did look like a small motorbike engine. Well, a big head engine everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm never quite sure whether those were strictly necessary or not. It 
it was a very impressive bit of uh, metal, which looked remarkably like um, Michael's new fanless PC computer thing. Yes, actually, there are There's a good segue if there ever was one. And there you go, is. with the little spinning top sitting to... Why has it got, was, it got two umbrellas? That's one of those thermal um, thermal rotating things. Yeah. That, kind it's, of it's, a little, it's a little marketing thing that, that they do to, to sort of illustrate the fact that it's convection cooled. So you have to have like you wouldn't having my messy desk would would completely upset it it needs a clear clear air underneath it and i see you you're feeding it with cold air from the from the stone floor well first of all i live in texas there's not a lot of cold air but um <laughs> what i can do and in fact in reference to our our state politicians there's a lot of hot air um <laughs> I'll take that off. So you can see it's got like sandwich construction metal channels. It's quite warm and it's dissipating 74 watts according to the front panel display. And now if we open it up, you see basically it's the GPU and the CPU, custom motherboard and the cart, uh, drive cage. And I'm not quite sure what you can see, but yeah. um, it's a lovely bit. Let's tell us a little bit more about this because this is not just a, a low powered um, little machine. This is quite beefy, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, the CPU is, um, it actually comes with four different versions. They are um, fifth generation um, Intel chips. Uh, you can get it with a Xeon, although I have a, it's an i7-5775C. Um, now here's a curious lesson about this. And I will put me in over top of it because it might be boring. Not that one, this one. Um, the 5775C, so the fifth generation, we're now in the seventh generation of, of Intel chips. The actual compute power of their top-end i7s hasn't really gone up a terrible amount, but their power consumption has dropped a lot. So this chip dissipates... Um, I think it's 85 watts. It's a proper four-core, uh, eight-thread desktop chip. Um, the, the current, the 6770, has comparable compute power. hasn't really changed, but it only dissipates 45 watts uh, for the desktop part. So in reality, we've gone sort of a couple of years of Intel time, and um, I think the 7000 series chips now have a little more compute power, but you spend a terrible lot more money uh, these days for lower power consumption, but not that much more compute power. The other thing is most of these little embedded systems don't have discrete graphics. This one has it can have the latest generation of NVIDIA card in it. This has a GTX. And, and how many video outputs does this one have? It has um, three from the NVIDIA card and three more from the Intel Iris 520 stuff. So it's got Intel's top-of-the-line embedded video as well as the NVIDIA card because the target market is digital signage. Digital signage with bunches of animation. Think McDonald's where you have all these... Oh, you know, don't, I'm starving in here. Why did you have to say that? <laughs> Um, or airports. Airports is the other is the other use case, and everything about it is is duplicative. Uh, it's got the little card cage supports four SATA drives, plus it's got two um, mini uh, PCI slot PCIe slots, plus two little mini SATA slots, plus an M2 slot. So there's a lot of I/O there, a lot of ability. And one of the things I'm thinking of doing, in fact, I'll show you this. Um, Dave Michaels and I were talking about new computers a couple of months back, and he desperately wanted one that had USB 3C, which this does not have. But it does have this thing they have on the front here. I'm not sure what, whether you're going to be able to see it or not. This little module that has some USB connectors on it. This is what they call a face module. And it is common to all of their little embedded computers. And it, is, it can be swapped out. And you can get it with serial interfaces or USB 2 um, or USB 3. Or what I am thinking of doing is getting a blank one and getting a USB 3C mini PCIe adapter and then putting a USB 3C port on the front, which would be to charge uh, or, or to interface to my phones and tablets 74 watts good grief that's yeah. quite scary um yeah what's it doing i mean is it running video at the moment multiple yeah, video it, streams yeah it's it's running the hangout at full screen which i never do for vucs because my old computer wouldn't do that and it's running um vmix video production software which is a, a heavy load and it's running audio mixing software and wire and bria um but in terms of active media streams it's the hangout and and vmix and vmix is consuming right Right now, the system's running at 42% of CPU usage. Mm -hmm. VMix is consuming about half of that in the Hangout, the other half. Okay. And I'm seeing you, and your video looks great. <laughs> but so. mine isn't. I, I see. Um, no. So does this mean the end of the dreaded silo? Audio? I think so. 
I think so, because I associate that with Chrome struggling to maintain the audio path when the CPU was over 80%. Mm. So I think that's... It's cool. Uh, uh, so, uh, literally, it is cool. Um, what's the cost of one of those? Um, for it, normal kind of, price? it depends. Normal price is going to be around 1500 uh, I know I know that they also do IoT gateways as well. That's interesting. Yeah, they, and they make they make lesser ones. You know, you've had the, the, the Fit PC, and I still have one of those, and they're pretty little boxes. This is in that vein. Um, so the thing that... that that, that for me, I mean, I, I understand that this is how it works, so it's kind of necessary, but it doesn't, it, it um, it's in no way sealed against dust. I mean, the That's thing true. that was, the thing, the, the, the huge plus for me about the Fit PCs is that they were a sealed unit, and they, they got their cooling by basically bolting the um, the CPU on, and using the entire case as a heatsink. Um, right. And these guys, this does this as well, but is not as well sealed, and it has so much more I.O., mm-hmm. and all of those ports represent Present lack of seal, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, problems. Um, they're uh, the one. If you wanted, they, they have one they call Intense PC, which are sealed like the Fit PC, but okay. also can be ha- can be had with i7s. The only thing is, in order to be that form factor uh, and that design, they use um, laptop CPUs, right? Exactly. Uh, which means they're not much more powerful. They're not as powerful. Yeah, no, I mean, but uh, the, uh, as a bonus point for for those that uh, sealed architecture, we took I took the um, the Fit PC I bought a very long time ago out to Burning Man twice, and actually, there's no other um, no other device that I've taken out to Burning Man that hasn't died um, or it's shown shown some serious depredation by being out there, and uh, yeah. and this the, the Fit PC came back just as happy as it went out there, um, and I think that's a tribute to it. it, it it did like there was a there were a few days when it had to be hung by its Ethernet connector. Otherwise, yeah. it couldn't it couldn't get enough uh, enough updraft off it. Any any other orientation, it couldn't get the updraft. If you put it on the table, it wasn't quite getting the airflow it needed. But if you if you hung it halfway down the tent um, in free air, it was happy. And ending the shade. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the the I think the ports are a problem, clearly with respect to dust. But um, the way the case works, it's got a little foot on the bottom of it, so it's like an inch and a half up off the table. And as long as you stand it up vertically, it's got the convection action going, and and it does um does a nice job. I just it's breathtakingly silent, which I'm all in favor of. Um, and so my wife wants a new computer or needs a new computer as well, but she thinks this is far too industrial looking for her environ over there. So she is probably going to end up with the top of the line Intel NUC, uh, which is smaller. NUC? Is it NUC or Nuke? <sighs> it can't be Nuke. They're not that powerful. <laughs> uh, it's smaller, but they have the i6770T processor. It's a laptop processor and embedded Intel embedded graphics. And so they're they're capable, but they're not as capable. The big problem I have is uh, you know one um, I think one uh, M2 slot. That's it. So in terms of storage, it's very constrained uh, internal storage wise so presumably you've got um, an SSD in there as well so you literally have no moving parts yeah it has a, a Samsung uh, SSD in there and I'll, I'll add I'm going to add a few other things in the end but yeah the Skull Canyon NUC is a quite a capable computer I like that as well but only two video outs and limited interfacing and expansion capability so and you know what by the time you sorry I was going to tell you what I'm running here very very quickly I have uh-huh. got an old um, Dell ins- no, no, I, don't, I can't remember what it is but there's an old thing I pay 40 quid for it and it's got uh, twin uh, video cards on it, in it so I've got two really big monitors I'm running a Ubuntu, latest version of Ubuntu on it, and it really screams. So it's, I, I think I get the prize for the cheapest desktop PC. Oh, you might well. Kathleen, can Kathleen beat that? That's Kathleen, fact. can you beat beat my 40 pound Dell. Now we're, what we're asking is this is kind of like the conversation that we had on Wednesday, isn't it, Kathleen? Is, you know, what's your working environment? Yeah. <laughs> um, it depends on, it depends on where, where I'm limited to because we have a museum of old <laughs> servers and, and parts and pieces that I'm sure I could sort of repurpose. Um, yeah, you might have me beat for active machines. Although I had a Pentium, you know, I'm not entirely sure what, uh, what specific one it was, but I, ha- I have what I call old man somewhere and he's still chugging away and i actually installed free switch on him once old man i I love when you said old man and for some reason james hit his microphone and suddenly was appeared in the focus (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. They want to welcome uh, our favorite Scotsman, Corrado, oh, is with us. He's probably tired of hearing that joke. Italian, Galazwegian. <laughs> no, and, I'm from Perth. And Eric. Uh, I'm Norwegian. Eric Klein, it's been ages. Uh, let's make sure we can hear you. Eric, we can't hear Eric. Not yet. He unmuted, but we have an audio. Looks Plus like he's Eric. hiding out, too, in the safe house there. Yeah, Eric's had his hair haircut as well. Oh, You're obsessed with hair, James. Why yeah, is really, this? James. James, give it a rest. It's always. Eric, we have to hear from you because he wrote it. Just wrote an article about the congressional thing, and that's an interesting topic. I'm sure Tim would love to chime in on that too. Have has anybody seen the um, the GoFundMe project? Seventy thousand, seventy thousand bucks they've accumulated to get the browsing oh, at history least, for. At least. That, that, it was seventy thousand this morning. So yeah, for what? Um, Explain. Well, they now they just passed a law that says that ISPs can sell your browser history, browsing history, Hello. and, oh, and uh, is that Eric? And so yeah. Eric, you're way you you're way off mic, so it means that you're probably not talking into the mic that you think you're on. Yeah, no, no, finish your story, Michael. Yeah, really keep important. keep uh, testing, Eric, until we can uh, get you. Go ahead, Mike. So, so the um, Congress just passed this law, which repealed an FCC order that actually wasn't in effect yet, or was only just about to go into effect. Uh, that repealed an order that said that ISPs cannot sell your browsing history. So the presumption is that um, you know poor ISPs they don't make enough money. Uh, it's so hard to be in that business. You know, they're they're a lot like mobile operators in that regard. Uh, but what they have is all this metadata about their customers. And so they're supposed to be able to actually now sell this. And so somebody put up a GoFundMe page. It was actually an actor put up a GoFundMe page. And he's raised $70,000 as of, I think it was last evening, to um, buy the browser hi- browsing histories of all of the members of Congress and the, uh, the White House. And, because we want to see what they're doing. <laughs> And and last night, um, Stephen Colbert on the Late Show did a little a little spoof where you know if it's okay to do this stuff, he he, he they mocked up a bunch of you know, things that Congress people look at, and they used it as a funny segment. Was quite. And good. here's the GoFundMe thing. Um, oh, 191,000 now. That's good. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's like okay, we want to know what you guys do. So that's a pretty good idea. Let's try to get Eric in, into focus here. And Eric, by the way, you could use a little bit more light. I hate to keep demanding new demands, but if you can. So, so the question for you guys is: Can you recommend me to a VP? provider <laughs> that's not in the continental U.S. Why Toby? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they, well, why they don't Toby? help as much as you'd like. That's true. That's true. Eric, uh, let's, I got into a whole, a whole about... argument with people yesterday about VPNs don't hide everything because your ISP needs a certain minimal amount of metadata to work at all. Yeah, right. but they do, they do hide the... more than enough so that you're pretty much okay. Here's they, they, uh, the, problem with why, the problem with Ytopia, Randy, is Ytopia doesn't support um, persistent VPN connections from routers that are not the ones you buy from them. Oh yeah, they do. I've been uh, using them for years. But let's put that uh, aside for a moment because I, I don't know how much time Eric has, but I grabbed him for this reason because he just published this thing. I don't even know what this is. It's just an article, right, Eric? Not a book? Uh, it's, it's, an art- it's actually a reprint of an article. If you click on it where it says full story, the um, Electronic Freedom Federation just put this out earlier today. Uh, Verizon has already announced that they're going to be putting spyware onto all of their Android right. phones to know what apps you're using and what you've installed so they can then start customizing what messaging they want to give to you. Uh, and, and, and if you notice, when you read the article, they, they, they reserve the right to change the behavior of other apps, not just their own app. Oh, yes. It's so so the they'll insert problems. it into everything. Basically, there, there are multiple problems with what has been done. Uh, the, the option of knowing who you are and what you're doing and how they can resell this is bad enough. The fact that they now reserve the right to change advertising and behavior and searches based on their opinion about what you want to see uh, is inherent to all of this across any ISP. I don't know if any of you remember what um, that was it was it Netlink what, what's the name of the router people who did that who had a, a oh. uh, filter and they went every 20 minutes it flashed into one of their pages or something. Yeah I remember I gotta that. T- I, I can't remember I the exact story. I'm, 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 not, uh, I, I'm not saying it right. I would, I would love you know <laughs> clearly there's going to be a market for you know, efforts to circumvent all of this and uh, whether it's VPN providers or other kind of cloaking, um, so it's going to be a, a new business. 
Yeah, no, and, and, and this is what's so depressing is it won't be a new business. It'll be an option that you tick on your Comcast subscription that costs you an extra $20. That's a good point. Which, they may be looking which for Which doesn't the, mean that they're the not going to collect it anyway. Right, right. They'll collect it anyway, but they'll sell it for more because you're rich and foolish. I, it's just like the whole thing is 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 um, uh, is depressing. I mean, the only uh, – and, and simultaneously with this, some clowns um, from now – I'm going to – I'm going to have to no. Actually, I better be better not say where I think they're from because I get it wrong. No, oh, go somebody. on. You no, I can't remember where they're from, but I'm th- uh, pretty sure it was Telefonica actually. Um, have published an RFC for an interceptable version of TLS, so that so yeah, that middle boxes can insert themselves into the traffic securely. This is like, guys, you just don't get it, do you? You're like, like you're all completely. Um, um. So anyway, that the, there hasn't been. Um, oddly, the, the the TLS community hasn't received this very well. <laughs> and I thought that IETF actually made mention of that in in the proceedings in Chicago yesterday, or it was certainly in someone's Twitter stream. In any case, that they had been invited to be involved in that and they declined. On the subject of IETF, Michael, you mentioned earlier that there was a really good video presentation about mobile. Can you find a link to that and drop that in the um, in the I IRC? Can. And I can. It was uh, a gentleman from Ericsson who was discussing the history of encryption over mobile, and he started at AMPS and then worked up to the current day. Well, starting in recent times, then. Funny thing, you you should mention that, but uh, the uh, the schedule for the Chalk Valley History Festival came out yesterday and I was looking through that gave me an idea for a historic talk that I could give and talking about the origin of GSM and how um, nobody knows where it actually started because it was secret but I think we're approaching the 25 year point point that everything will become unclassified. So I want to give a talk about the origin of GSM, the bits that nobody really knows about, and illustrate it with hardware, which will come from the Royal Signals Museum. What a clue. So there's the, 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 the backstory for, for those who don't, don't know it, uh, for GSM and the fact that it was encrypted, it was, it, which was an immensely political act when it was launched. Um, the, um, the American government in particular, and to a lesser extent the British government, were, were rabidly opposed to the idea that um, that it should be encrypted and um, and that it should should have any encryption in it at all and the Germans bless their cotton socks said um, you know we have a land we have a what is it 600 mile land border with an enemy i.e the other half of Germany at the time and we'd quite like encrypted communication like quite like our, our population to have encrypted communications thank you very much so there was a, a negotiation about about that and they admittedly it turned out later that the cipher chosen wasn't super strong um, but it was actually you know for the day it was it was passable um, but then uh, the the cipher was held as a, a as, as a as a secret and wasn't um, it was held under, um, it was patented and, and held as a secret thing. Uh, and um, somebody, I, I, I understand, um, leaked it and put it into the public domain, at which point it was uh, that everybody's NDAs were, were invalidated because the information was already in the public domain. And um, and so the, the, the was it, A0 cipher got um, got out. A1, I think. A1 it was. Uh, got out and was, uh, was, was became public knowledge, which actually circles us back to Osmocom, because without that, it wouldn't be possible to do open source GSM to left. So, yes, fun. I would, I would, uh, I would almost travel down to the Chalk Valley to see your talk, James, and heckle. <laughs> I would like that. I would like that immensely. And I, I have to say, it would not just be me. There will be, there'll be other members of the team who are actually there. So I suspect that my um, my uh, my electric car won't make it to the Chalk Valley, so we'll have to come by some other means of transport. Absolutely not. No, you have no chance <laughs> getting down here. Well, I'd probably get close. Let me have a look. I shall shall research this now. Back in a bit. Right. Anyway. So I put the link in IRC as you suggested, and um, and it was uh, lunchtime. Spe- yeah, it was part of their lunchtime speaker series, and he, he did a good job. Me teco. I got me teco. That's um. Cool. What's his name? Italian ch- chap, isn't it? Yes, yes it Lorenzo. Lorenzo. How how much we love Lorenzo when he comes on. Now he has an awful lot of hair, doesn't he? Yes. He has he has beautiful hair to put us all to shame. <laughs> anyway, why are we talking about hair again? Why, why why is hair such a topic? I mean, yeah. um, well, no, no, it's just just that uh, <laughs> uh, when we do the warm up, every time Kathleen comes on, we we have to do the 30, se- 30 second update on Kathleen's hairstyle and the changes. You do want you do want the lovely lady to come on. 
from time to time, don't you, James? I mean, well, we should yes. perhaps let this go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bemused, James. I thought the whole point about video calls is that, like, you could see people and therefore you didn't have to ask them anything about their appearance because you could use your eyes. It seems that, Sorry. in fact, this is about the only, I mean, this is the good thing about video calling is that you can see what kind of mood somebody's in or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm positive. Yeah, in your case, uh, with, um, yeah, East European workman mode, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. Badly, I think. Although, yes, never mind. Oh, with your posts about German uh, apartments and stuff, um, yes. it's going with the local style, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, I went native long ago. Yes. Native to where, though? Well, Israel, the, shaving the head is a very common thing. Right. But you've still got your eyebrows. I mean, and there, there, and there, eyebrows and eyebrows. Look at that. Wow. They're a <laughs> work of art. eyebrows, yes. Yeah. And depending, I actually have the, the little bit back here for the Jean-Luc Picard um, look once it gets the right color. Absolutely. So, so coming coming back off the hair topic briefly, <laughs> yes. what um, or, or tonic even? Um, what uh, what do you what do we think that the solution to this um, um, this ISP invasion is? I mean, it's clear in the in the, in the UK what the solution is, which is that you you simply go to an ISP who doesn't do this and you find an ISP who, who offers the service without it. But presumably in the US, the, the monopoly situation is such that you don't have that option. Well, there was an interesting article I just read, if, let me find it again, um, where basically all of the Trump supporters are suddenly deciding that this is a problem because suddenly you realize that there is no competition. So if you're going to go with the fair market, if there is a legitimate reason to not offer it, then companies will stop offering it and advertise the fact that we don't take your data. Doesn't work when there's no competition and th this is really a big problem right now it's always puzzled me how little competition there is in the u.s i mean since that it's supposed to be the the home of the free market but but in practice like there, there are no options about isp you but the whole you know, the, but the whole thing about capitalism right is that you protect your market position so you do whatever you can to establish a monopoly or an oligopoly or something like that right so that that's the competitive reality is that uh, that you want to sort of squash a any competitive reality. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we know something about it. No, James. Oh, open reach. <clears throat> okay. I don't have IRC set up on this machine for here, so I just put it into the Hangouts uh, chat window, the link. Um, I'll put it in the in the IRC as well. I'm surprised yeah. you're not, not using Riot, which is the new client, client for um, Matrix. 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 That's the one, yeah. We haven't had Matthew on for ages. What, we ought to have the... him on. Mr. Superbrain. And in fact, because all of a sudden there, there's, there's a, a huge massing of, of feature updates for all of these kind of secure messaging clients. So Signal's updated itself, Telegram's updated. Uh, yes, but your government's trying to do away with that. Yeah, yeah, but they're not, not going to succeed. Oh. Why? They've got Trump pushing for the same thing. So yeah, is the but, EU now. But it's not going to happen. I our mean, only uh, hope, Corrado, our only hope is Scotland, and there's, there's a vote, uh, the independent vote has uh, been talked about again. Let's get that happening. <laughs> It will be just a little patch of safety. You can all everyone connected. Yeah, I think nice. I think that should that should happen. Oops. So actually, that's that's why don't we start a VPN based in Iceland and we can uh, we can run run services out from there. Now uh, back to the question about what VPN. I had quite good experience with some guys called CryptoStorm. They're a bit manic, but um, but uh, the results were pretty good. So CryptoStorm. I tell you what, for, for, for general purpose stuff, I'm just using the the free Opera VPN, um, which is now a standard feature with the Opera browser. But you can also get a kind of like, like a mini VPN client. Wait, who who bought? Opera? I don't know who did brought by you. Somebody very, very dodgy. What GCHQ? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see who owns them these days. It's not who you think at all. But their stuff. I've used Opera for years, and it yes, but they got bought. Yes, but didn't they buy themselves back? No, or something. Um, Wait, doesn't anybody have Alexa? Who owns Opera? Or that be that'd Alexa? Be who owns Opera? Yeah, well, that's going to be a uh, difficult context for Alexa though. Opera is a art she, form she with did, singing. She did answer. Yeah, but it's going to be the Metropolitan Opera. Okay, Opera, Google. Opera Winfrey. Who bought the web browser Opera? Consortium has bought the Opera Internet browser for $600 million. Its Norwegian developer said Monday after a public share offer for the company failed. So there, Chinese have got it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, my... my my point exactly. <laughs> well, that was last July. Mm -hmm. yeah. So all your browser data, James, has been in China oh. for the last last 
year nearly. Well, that's okay. The Chinese guys, they're all my anyway. Well, I just, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think running your, selecting a VPN that's that's owned by a Chinese company might be, <laughs> problem might be counterproductive, yeah, but depending still, on what it is you're trying to achieve. the code is still programmed and controlled this week by the Norwegians, so. <laughs> yeah, what we need is a, not, an it, optimist. It, it's a nice Swiss solution. And that was a segue for Maxim, and I noticed he's dropped off, um, dropped off ZipDX. That's very boring, isn't it? So our, our friends at Wire are um, a Swiss registered. Yes. Berlin tech. Uh, yeah, everything about it is very Berlin, apart from the fact it's registered in Switzerland. Well, the money is um, um, Skype money originally. Yeah. 600 million. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Skype can't talk, aren't they? Because Skype, once upon a time, used to be reasonably secure until Microsoft got their hands in it. Now, everybody listens to... Uh, <laughs> It, so interesting. I, I suspect um, this is a this is now actually a profit center for a lot of um, a lot of messaging apps. Is 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 selling your data to to anyone who chooses to listen to it, um, governments included. Yeah, but there's a backstory to that because we actually worked Skype in as a secure-ish means of communication for gangsters into one of the earlier Michael Dobbs books. And of course, then uh, directly after that was written, Microsoft bought them, and it became one of the most insecure communication mediums going so uh, so people who read that book today will think what the hell are they on yeah just context yeah I don't, I, yeah it's uh, depressing how much things change isn't it? it's almost as good as um, um, Alan B. Johnson's second novel which is a great segue into uh, something that uh, Ule Johansson posted this morning I don't know whether you saw that what is that uh, no 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 it's of the day about a new RFC that's out about opportunistic uh, encryption. And one of the authors of that RFC is none other than our very own Sip Smith, our favourite Sip Smith, uh, Alan B. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Al- Alan's uh, opportunistic encryption. Um, yeah, and it's, I've, I've had, I had a long drunken conversation with him on on the wire rooftop about that. When? Uh, well, uh, boom, last Camellio World, I guess. Right. You're, you're so, only a month and a half away. Yeah, so, so it was a year. So, so sadly, you didn't make it to uh, Mobile World Congress and get to your copy of his new book. And by the way, as you're here, Eric, do you know that uh, I think you're in here? There are, there are three Israeli gentlemen who turn up in a, in a restaurant in... Um, in Taiwan for absolutely no reason at all. They they add nothing to the to the story, but they just turn up and one of them's you, Eric. Interesting. I've, I've never been to well Taiwan? Never been. Okay. No, well no. Well I turn up um in a tr- on a transatlantic airliner in this book. Well you you it, do, does the, the hero have trouble getting through customs because he's behind you? Well no apparently he, he gets very bored. He has to sit next to me and learn all about SIM cards and <laughs> <laughs> Actually, James, I was thinking about you recently with all of this um, new warnings about electronics on flights. Really? So if the, if the UK and the US governments are now restricting what you can carry on flights. Yes, uh, but only from dodgy parts of the world, which are most of which are uh, sort of encircling where you live, really. How soon do you really expect this to not follow the um, scanners and other rules like the shoe bomb or the underwear bomb or other things to get every airport everywhere and suddenly you need to have wait my laptop didn't arrive insurance oh so so i mean honestly uh, you just you you uh, there's a business in renting chromebooks at the airport yeah uh, you're absolutely right this plays right into google's hands for, for, for chrome chromebooks and chrome based applications isn't it i think it does actually actually it, it also works fairly well for, for some of the microsoft products with their new microsoft cloud um things because a lot of us are still tied to office and google docs just royally suck well we quite like google docs docs over here if they could ever get google sheets to have that uh in large uh, feature that doesn't require enlarging every tab on my browser so I can actually see the 10 point font it would really be nice oh, Excel opening, does that really well open well, a window can't. and change the font no you have, it does it for the entire browser so if you have a tab open for a sheet you can't avoid it because you have to enlarge zoom all of your browser. Every sheet on the browser then gets enlarged to 200%. Is that right? Well, that doesn't sound quite right. There is a way of doing it. Because I would be thrilled if you could find it. I've gone through Google support for two months now and every forum and the answer is it's a feature. Right. Well, I, I'll find out for you tomorrow. I will ask my favorite um, helicopter test pilot when I'm having my full English fry breakfast um, at the village hall here in Bower, lovely Bower Chalk in the middle of the Chalk Valley. Uh, and I, 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 I'll get the answer for you because he is my local uh, authority. 
Anyway, changing the subject yet again rapidly, um, back to Berlin. Um, Berlin is where the, the wonderful gentlemen from Security Research Labs hang out. Now, they're the guys who rather famously have been demonstrating all kinds of mobile network hacks recently or over the last two years, three years. And they rather famously um, did, they hacked uh, an Australian government minister's mobile phone from Berlin for a documentary pro- program on Australian TV, just to show how easy it was to do. Um, and they brought out this this marvellous little app called Snoot Snitch. It's available for Android handsets. doesn't work on all of them um, because the uh, the, the radio chipsets are kind of a little bit different, but most of the, the popular ones it does. Uh, and what Snoop Snitch does is it, it produces an assessment of how vulnerable your mobile network operator is to being attacked. And you get a, a nice little, uh, I'd show a, a screen, but I, I can't, I've got it on paper here in front of me. Um, but it, it tells you how good your network is and how easy it would be to um, to break into it. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, I uh, I tested it immediately on my favourite uh, multi-IMSI, uh, multi-profile SIM and was quite pleasantly surprised to find out that it scored incredibly highly. Unlike um, O2, two here in uk which scored very badly so anyway there's something to look at snoop snitch uh download it now tim you'll have hours of fun so isn't that dependent on what baseband chipset you're using it, it is um well, well the capa- that may know some of the people involved though. yeah the, the capabilities of the uh of snoop snitch are and um generally um intel or qualcomm chipsets uh, are fully supported if you've got a chinese thing you can forget it uh, i'm looking at their site this app requires rooted device with qualcomm chipset yeah, and intel as well they, they support as well not on their page oh right. well perhaps it's just qualcomm but i've got it on um on an lg well i think a nexus or is it a sony handset and it works remarkably well uh, and the other really useful thing you can do is you can um um use it to drop pcap files with all the um the, the signaling so all the gsm signaling which is really useful if you want to kind of debug something like a an Eno B small cell. Anyway, this is the kind of thing you talk about in bars in Berlin, James. <laughs> now he talks about it on aircraft when with a captive audience, apparently. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm blaming Alan for that. No, I was very disappointed. Uh, He went to all the trouble of inserting my character in there, but then I didn't do anything in in the story, and it was all about mobile security, and it was just, you know, disappointing. And I was already thinking, working up lines about who should uh, play me in the the Hollywood version, the film version of the the novel. You have to be careful about that that sort of stuff, actually. There's... there's, um, um... Oh, who was it? I think it was Ian Fleming had a had a book who had a character. One of his early books had a character in it called Quine the Swine, and um, and one of his ex one of his ex colleagues um, whose name was Quine sued him and and actually won substantial damages enough that he bought himself a, a retired and bought himself a restaurant uh, in Canterbury, which was actually a very nice restaurant. I went to it regularly, I, but um, but yeah, no. So you have to be a bit careful about who you. Uh, and there was no. I mean, there wasn't. It wasn't an implication that it was him. It just was the the name was enough for him to win this um, win this court case. What an odd judicial system you folks have over there! Oh, don't we just? Don't we just? Yeah. Well, well someone over here uh, a, a couple of years ago, a woman wrote a blog post about a restaurant that she went to. She told the whole story of what happened to her. She was uh, treated according if, if you take her story literally, the way the service was, and she was just treated very unfairly, very poorly, and uh, she was fine because the blog post was entitled uh, such and such restaurant to avoid at all costs and that lawsuit was won by the restaurant to the dismay of anybody who cares about free speech the way yeah um that is a bit sad i think there have been a number of cases as well where someone has left a bad yelp review and had either an attempted lawsuit or actually had to go to court for it um the one that comes to mind is a woman who hired a lawyer after an accident and the lawyers didn't do a very good job with her and guests tried to sue her after she left them a bad yelp review um, yeah. 
Well, there's a moral there, isn't there? What a story. Be careful. Just because you're 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 leading comments on a social uh, media type platform doesn't mean that you can't be sued for the for the content. Well, yes, indeed, that's a very um, and that's why we must all be very nice to everybody else. Must that's a, that's a hot topic in um, in the Twitter sphere at the moment, mm. yeah. and that combined with the uh, the US um, lack of privacy thing uh, means that you can probably be tracked down quite easily. But you know, thinking about that. And getting back to this kind of our, one of our principal top. Funny how we don't have a topic, we don't have guests, and we get the more people and more topics. That's great. Um, but but the other thing is that there's just so much that these companies already know. For example, if any of you have Netflix or Hulu or any of these things, they obviously know exactly what you watch, when you watch it, how many times you've watched it, and so on. Uh, I don't know whether they sell or do anything with it, but the fact is that they definitely, absolutely have that because you're on their server. They can do whatever they want. Uh, There's so many other things that we do um, online that are just totally transparent. So that's that deal that we make every day. And because of natural human fatigue, I mean, who reads these TOSs anymore, right? For yeah. one thing. Um, so, you know, we only have ourselves to blame. And I could just imagine all of the data that I've left. Plus, all the stuff that you're public. I just yeah. was uh, uh, approached three times. I got three emails, one a week from someone who was promoting somebody who makes t-shirts. They go, yeah, we can help you with your merchandise, blah, blah, blah. I ignored the first. Second one, uh, Yes, it seems appropriate right now. Uh, She wrote me a second time, said, uh, I don't know, sorry to bother you. Uh, I don't know if you got my first email. You know, if you answer them, you figure that they're going to put you on the list. So after the third one, I went on Twitter and said, would would such and such, giving her email address and tweeting to the company who has an account, uh, would you mind, you know, not harvesting emails on the internet and doing cold calls via email? Because after the third time, it was pretty obvious that I'm not interested. And this is called spam. It's UBE. And I don't, they kind of fall. Lately, there's been a big push. Um, I'm getting advertisements to New York hard hat uh, (laughs) conference mailing lists and eight or nine conferences. Suddenly, it's like four times a week I'm getting the same email asking if I want these mailing lists. It's like, where the heck did you come up with that I might be interested in surgical devices, hard hat or other things? It's like just randomly selecting emails. Yeah, my wife told me today that she she got an email today saying uh, thank you for joining such and such. It was a major newspaper here in France saying thank you for signing up for blah, blah, blah. And she claims she did not sign up. And unlike me, she doesn't sign up for 50,000 things. Okay. I don't know about you you guys, everybody, Kathleen and uh, Corrado and Andy and everybody, but I try, when you try beta stuff, right? And then like six months later, it's like uh, somebody writes you going, here's the latest news on such and such. I don't even remember what this thing does, let alone who you are or when I signed up. But chances are I probably did sign it. I have a trick up up my sleeve. If you have a Google email account, you can give a uh, an email account to each of one of your contacts adding a plus something at the end of your name of your Monica and you will know who is selling your email account right yeah, either that or embed it as your middle name when you create an email address or something uh, it, it works really nice that way yeah but you can use the same email account it's the same email account with your name surname or whatever you want right. plus uh, any any tag you add it will come into your same email address in the same mailbox, but is tagged with that tag, and you recognize who's selling your name. Another note on the uh, details, not just Netflix or Amazon or anything else, but even interactive TV services like Virgin Media or BT, anything that with a set-top, set-top box that is connected back to the to the internet anyway, is feeding back your viewing habits to the, the provider. That's very true. Uh- uh, first of all, back to the plus thing. Yeah, that's an old uh, quirk of email, or maybe it was by design. It's by design on Google. But it's a good yeah, Google well, I mean, did it's, it by design. But I mean, that's you can do that with any email, as far as I know. The year that's been going on for years. I have a thing called sneak email, which you just keep. You can create infinite accounts, and oh, the definitely. advantage. Well, the advantage of that one is you can then turn them off. You can either turn them down to gray list, which av- which avoids almost all spam. But the stuff that's persistent, like people actually writing you from these lists, you can then just turn it off, and then it just re- responds that there's no there's nobody yeah yeah i had a similar sort of thing with a block of 100,000 uk mobile numbers which all mapped to the same place 
So as so, Tim so that's was really, able, really useful. As Tim was <laughs> able to bring in a Burning Man, you were able to bring that thing, that old chestnut okay. in that you well, let's change the subject. that you've mentioned ten or twenty let's times. Let's talk about something completely different and new. Let's <laughs> no, talk about uh, Amazon Echo and oh. things you can do with that. And the spy in the house. Because the Amazon Echo is on all the time, monitoring all your... Don't! Well, it's your watch, it's your uh, television, it's your Amazon, it's your cell phone. Samsung watch, telling telling me that I'm more active. Yeah, exactly. Just try try and do an inventory of all the things that have microphones in your home. Just try. There's a lot. It's really useful. I've got a thing now. I've got an if, this, then, that thing set up so that when somebody plays music on the Amazon Dot in the kitchen, um, it writes what what it's playing to uh, Google's sheet and then sends me a push notification. And if I want to know who it is, I just get then go to the Alexa app and then I play back the audio, uh, which of course is stored in Alexa. Uh, I can I can hear who it is, ask for that ridiculously obscene piece of music. Alexa. I, I feel a, a, an attack on James's kitchen coming on. Uh, he, he, he does it himself often enough. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa stores everything and they can uh, get a subpoena and take it out for as part of a police investigation and take everything that was ever said in front of it for weeks and listen to it and use it. Um, Wasn't that a recent trial, though, where they couldn't get it? They um, got it, actually. They, they got it. Amazon resisted initially and then caved, caved in because yeah, it was a murder. And they, they were just Any, copying Apple. Anyway, as I'm not a criminal, I... My, my my activities here focus purely on fun. And when Andy and I were in uh, in Barcelona, um, I decided that I would play some music early in the morning to my family. Uh, because we were in Barcelona, I thought I'd play Barcelona by um, Freddie Mercury, uh, followed by Daddy Cool to see whether they would, they would realise who was who was putting it on. But, anyway. but none of them know. They were all asleep, were they? No, well, I turned it up really, really, really loud. So they were not asleep by the time I came, I tell you. <laughs> Our kitchen in, uh, entertainment system is reasonably heavy detail. Have you had your Alexa privileges revoked yet, then, James? No, well, I had to um, revoke some Alexa privileges because within 30 seconds of me putting it on, my 17-year-old son had managed to order a, a Microsoft Xbox game via Alexa. <laughs> you know, the default is um, um, you can order things and it's turned on. And, and, but yes. isn't that wonderful? And I've seen a, stan- a standard thing now happens when you go to visit someone's house. You sort of walk in the front door and you go, Alexa, order me a million bags of tea or something like that, you know, and, and, and she answers back in a way it's done. Hang on. Yes. Yeah, you have to you have to learn the, the, the Stacey Higginbotham thing of, of, of never saying her name. Yeah. She, she must, must not she be must not be mentioned. She yeah. Well, my problem is my niece's name actually is Alexa and she has one of these devices but you can change it to, to, to the alternative can't you? Actually, and, and there's another one and uh, you actually can program it to be Hal now you can make it something arbitrary oh they, they finally changed that um, yeah, I had a friend who tried doing that about a month ago, and it wasn't one of the valid options. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I should like it to be Hal. Uh, well, it's hardly a positive thing, really, being Hal. I mean, you know. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but like I, nobody, I, only one of them survived. So let's. Not... I really, I need to be able to be here in my office and say, Hal, open the pod bay doors and have the garage door go up. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's going to happen, don't you? It's going to say, "I'm sorry, that. Michael. I just can't do that." I, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? We have gone over the hour, which is oh, have really, we? Yeah, well, it's oh. not really a problem, but I thought what would be nice would be to starting with Mr. Andy, uh, who, just a second, we better get this happening here first. I think it's high time that we heard from those two eminent gentlemen, James Bodie and Andrew Smith. At any rate, I was going to go through from left to right uh, and see what everybody's last statement is. So it starts with Mr. Andy. I have, here's my order, just so that you'll all know. It's Andy, Corrado, Eric, James, Kathleen, Michael, Tim, and my... Andy. So that would be out. Alphabetical apart from you at the end, then. What, what, what last comments are am I making? I've not been here for most of it, I'm afraid. I've been been dealing with a dishwasher bloke. Tell us um, about it. Oh, that was the truck that drove up. Yeah, it was the guy who drove up. He's he actually actually here to fix our dishwasher. So it just cost me a lot of money for a man to change a reed. And what does she think of it? <laughs> Your dishwasher. Yes. Yeah, all right, never mind. Yada, yada. A reed switch with all the electronics and everything in in a dishwasher. It was a reed switch that had gone wrong. Reed switch is the thing with mercury. In? Yeah. A reed, well. 
it, it's it's a bimetal switch that is magnetically operated. Okay. Low tech, it's very low tech, right. very old engineering. Yet that was what had gone wrong in my ultra modern dishwasher. So there we go. Anyway, so I haven't been here, so I haven't been party to the conversation, so I don't know what to say. So I shan't say anything else. All right, we're going to move on to Corrado then. Yes, if you want to have fun and you have a Virgin Media at home or an LG TV, there are apps you can download for Android phones that allow you to control your Virgin Media set-top box or TV from your phone. So you can change channels uh, remotely while people is watching that. <laughs> All right. We've got Eric's article here. Maybe you could uh, tell us a little about that, Eric. Uh, okay. I got asked. Uh, I'm part of you, – you noticed that the posts that I got brought on here are from a community called Peerlist, which is a right. uh, kind of LinkedIn for security people where we share uh, news stories, tips, and things of that nature. Um, they put out free security books to help people understand the what's going on. And when they put up the second book uh, table of contents that they were looking for authors, I was stupid enough to say, say wait. There's no telecom in this. So they said, okay, so write one. So I wrote uh, chapter nine in this book. Um, I put the link into Hangouts uh, so we can share it. You can get it for free off of uh, the website from Peerless, or I think it's 99 cents on Amazon, which all gets donated uh, to some charity. Um, and, and that, Eric, is exactly why you turned up in a restaurant in, in Taipei. Apparently. Yeah, because you're famous. There you Infamous. Go. Infamous. There's a slight difference. All right, yeah. and that leads us to Mr. James Bowdy. Oh, well, I, it's a bit of a visual one here. Um, uh, we had a board meeting uh, earlier this week, and I was somewhat taken aback because Mr. Andrew Smith produced a present for me, which is this T-shirt. Where are we? There we are. Right. Can you read that? It's an engineer's T-shirt. If I move it up a bit, you can probably see what it says. Oh, I can't. Can you see that? Probably not, not. very clearly. Yes. Oh, I do. I'm very clear. Right. It's clearly not getting as far as Taipei. No, it's very good. Yeah. Some... <laughs> Taipei. No, it's oh. perfectly clear. Okay. So there we are. That, that's, that's my very visual end piece. But as there's only one person and it's Robert Daly from A2 Infotech on uh, ZipDX right now, we can probably get away with that. Okay. Next over to Kathleen. Um, well, I think this call was awesome, and I uh, think maybe people just should keep in mind that the easier life gets, the more complicated it gets. So pay attention. <laughs> and have you booked your hotel for Berlin? I have. I am all ready to go. I have all my flights, all of my hotels. And um, uh, did you hear that Mr. David Duffett has booked himself into the wrong hotel? Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Which one is that? This, he's gone into the Stasi Piano Bar Hotel. Oh, the one that we usually go to? Kathleen, um, you could have mentioned that Michael and I were on Lucon Weekly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, really? That would have been a great thing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, last This past Wednesday, we had special guests, Michael and Randy. It's great. It's fun. A um, lot of different topics covered. Great conversation. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, head over to YouTube, uh, the Free Switch YouTube, uh, YouTube slash Free Switch to uh, free watch switch, it. Free Switch YouTube. And it was great. And it's it's great to have you, Kathleen. We always have to, we're yeah. always happy to have you with us. And it's going to be over to Mr. Michael Graves, who's going to talk about probably his new toy. Yeah. Oh, Show us the fan. Yeah, no, no, we've, we've done that one. No, it's been interesting week. I've I've, I've just put up this little lower third that is showing the you know running CPU and power usage, and that's kind of cool. Uh, I'll note for, for, um, for our uh, uh, Eric's benefit that this little machine was manufactured in Israel, and it it flew here from Haifa, which is um, which is it took a long time, which is four weeks lead time on it, but it's a lovely little computer, and and hopefully we won't have robotic audio anymore. So. Well, it had to be interviewed by the Secret Service first, right? If I had it shipped from Haifa, I, you probably would have gotten it faster. Israeli Post being what it is well it had to have it came dhl so um but it's a it's a lovely little piece of kit and it's my first new desktop computer in five years so hey that is exciting we're going to move over to mr tim Patton, who's going to manage to mention uh, burning man i'm not actually i was i could if you wanted but no um so my puzzle i have a puzzle this week which is i think i understand it but basically economics isn't what it used to be um i was looking at the get the get chip site so the get Get chip, the little $9 Linux machine. Um, I should have one in my hand, but I don't. Um, and I'm looking at that, and they don't have any for sale. But they do have a $16 equivalent device that is less performant. So I'm looking at that and thinking, how does that work? Like, why would anyone buy the $16 device? And the answer is, they only would do that if the $9 device isn't available. So I'm kind of wondering about whether I've been suckered into having a device that isn't available much. So anyway, 
Um, yeah, economics and lost leaders, I think, is my lesson of the week. Uh, yeah, that's that's basic has, economics. It's called bait and switch. Yeah, as Kathleen's... Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think legitimately they've been overwhelmed by the success of the thing. I mean, I think it was originally just a Kickstarter um, kind of project, and now it's turned into a business, and, and that changes the economics significantly. But as Kathleen said, I think the answer is pay attention. Seriously. Uh, I'll finish with uh, the fact that I just burned up 3.21 gigabytes of my 50 gig a month allotment, but I have a phone that does nothing but this. So that was the Hangout, three and a quarter gigabytes. Oh, by the way, a little shout out to Fastmail. Fastmail, to whom I made a payment, one-time payment for life, Sur- you know, email service, blah, 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 membership, no ads. It just can't it. Yeah, we uh, don't do that anymore. And uh, when I asked what, uh, how that worked out or how they felt about the fact that they you know, said that they were going to give this was a one-time payment, they said, well, if you look at our TOS, it says we can cancel at any time for no reason. So I thought that Well, was... they probably weren't expecting you to live quite so long. Well, then. there is that, James, for the humor aspect. But a lot of people were a little miffed by the fact that even though, okay, I, I get it. We paid like $15 and that was maybe six, seven years ago. But the fact is it was really poorly handled. I think they're shit. Fast mail.com if you are tempted to go with them i'd skip really they're they're not on i I, want to i'm just going to follow that by saying that running email has got much more difficult than it was and i mean i think that would be a great conversation topic to have an hour set aside for right i i I take that point completely okay but i my point is that they did a very poor job of doing what they did that's all anyway Good night, everybody. Good day, good morning, goodbye, and we'll see you next week. And hopefully we'll manage to attract just as many great people as we did this week. Because who needs topics or guests? Ciao. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is provided by OnSIP.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.